So today, we're going to finish session 15. This is uh, love1.info. There's the link. Session 15, January 30, 1981. The re-listened version. Uh, last time, <clears throat> we covered some uh, deeper discussion about balancing. What is balancing? And... Uh, how to understand the chakras <clears throat> or the meaning of the chakras as it relates to the balancing process. And basically, you know, when Ra was asked, uh, how do we balance ourselves? They answered with uh, a description of the seven chakras, seven rays, and said, if you want to balance yourself, you have to understand the seven rays. And understanding is a, is a metaphysical process of fourth chakra activation or fourth chakra relation. So fourth density is the density dimension of love and understanding. So <clears throat> the basis of love is acceptance and understanding. So accepting and understanding the qualities of the seven rays, seven chakras, as they inform personal experience <clears throat> and how we may be blocked or um, well-activated in those seven uh, qualities of consciousness. Uh, and so we're not going to go over the seven chakras again now, uh, but bringing love or unconditional acceptance, which leads to understanding, to our experience of the seven rays, which is basically physical, personal, then interpersonal, then uh, love, uh, acceptance related, receptivity, and then wisdom, comprehension, expression, communication related, and then true self or um, great balance of love wisdom or the issue of unity versus um, the experience of duality, sixth ray, and then infinity or boundlessness or totality or uh, bliss and um, beyond mind, beyond self, beyond change, beyond time-space in seventh ray. Uh, the degree to which we um, are, have uh, accepted <clears throat> experience at those seven levels is the degree to which we've made balance, healing and balance. So, now... After the long discussion of the chakras, which was 1512, and some discussion of balancing and how that's related to uh, greater self-understanding, uh, 1513, 1514, uh, we go on to a discussion of the elder race. Now let me just say, in closing about the, the talk on balancing, 1514, uh, couple of very important pith statements, core teachings, Ra said, <clears throat> the understanding, experiencing, accepting, and merging of self with self, and with other self, and finally with the Creator, is the path to the heart of self. In each infinitesimal part of yourself resides the One in all of its power. And then they counsel the value of contemplation, meditation, prayer, as a way of reversing or complementing the analytical process, 
they call, they're saying, the prerequisite of meditation, contemplation, or prayer as a means of subjectively, objectively using or combining various understandings to enhance the seeking process. So this <clears throat> is the uh, recommendation that not only do we study and listen and think and reason, but also we use prayer and meditation, contemplation, quiet time, uh, people may say right brain, <clears throat> uh, internal, internal sensing and feeling and opening and uh, allowing of deep mind truth as a method of enhancing the seeking process, reversing the analytical process, or integrating into unity the many understandings gained in the uh, analytical seeking process, meaning analyzing, which means listening to particular ideas like we're doing now, reading particular ideas, uh, considering those ideas, putting them together, seeing what seems to be true and what seems to be false, what seems to be more accurate, what seems to be less accurate, what fits together, what cannot fit together, right? Some teachings do not fit together whatsoever, and it must be that one person's wrong and the other one's right, or they are being seen from a different from different levels. <clears throat> and and so if I say I am a self, I am Scott this self, Scott. Uh, that's my experience based on my perception. However, uh, there is the experience of a unified self or self as one, all is one. That experience of a unified self or the self as one, the one self of all, all as the one self, the one self as all, uh, cannot fit perfectly with the experience of a separated, dualistic, physical, body-me-self. However, uh, these can be seen as different levels of perception, expansions of perception, magnifications of understanding, uh, different degrees of depth and breadth of comprehending or knowing the self. And uh, so, know thyself is the path. And the truth will set you free, or you will uh, be self-liberated by full comprehension, understanding, acceptance of truth. That's true. And in a sense, the whole path is know yourself. Uh, and knowing the distortions of our mind is, is part of that, but that's not the end of the path. And so Ra had said many cases, you know, some pith, pith, pith teachings like, Know yourself, accept yourself, become the creator. And this other one, um, the understanding, experiencing, accepting, and merging of self with self and other self, and then self with the creator, is the path to the heart of self. So the path to the heart of self, or know thyself, or the path, the positive path, is about um, unconditional, total self-acceptance, which leads to vast and profound self-knowing, and of course knowing of other, which is a merging of self with self. <laughs> what do you, how do you merge self with self? It means be at peace with yourself. Acceptance of self <clears throat> really means that the conscious mind accepts the totality of its being, of its unconscious and its superconscious. 
And so that's when the understanding the tarot helps also, the tarot cards that Rob presented. The matrix of mind, conscious mind like magician, understands and accepts and makes one, becomes one with the potentiator of mind, the unconscious, the uh, high priestess. And that leads to uh, transformation or the hierophant or the um, the essence matrix potentiator and then the significator card five uh, the significator being uh, the true significance of mind <clears throat> uh, that kind of um, interplay between the conscious mind the conscious point of knowing point of considering right I'm hearing and considering that is the point of uh, awareness that may learn then to uh, accept its own uh, unconscious and totality. That's merging of self with self. Merging of self with other self, other person, other being, otherness, uh, comes naturally uh, from that kind of self-unification. And then with the Creator is basically the work of 6th and 7th chakras, 6th and 7th dimensional, uh, full transformation. <clears throat> and that's the path. And that's the path to the heart of self. And so that's what it's all about. <laughs> that's, that's the essence of the way. And that requires both analytical and contemplative, or thinking and feeling knowing. And that's, you know, the key to balancing. So, now, <laughs> we get into questions that are a little less heady, more about time and space and history. 1515, and these are some questions about the elder race, and we can learn a lot from that, too. Don says, um, Yesterday you mentioned that there was no harvest at the end of the last 25,000-year period, which means 25,000 years ago. Quote, there were harvestable entities who shall choose the manner of their entrance into the fourth density. Talking about those entities at that time. Can you tell me what you mean by, quote, how they will choose the manner of their entrance into the fourth density? So this is the elder race in South America. Ra said that there were, I think, 150 entities who were all harvestable to 4 depositive but chose to stay. Ra says... 1515, these shepherds, or as some have called them the elder race, shall choose the time-space of their leaving. In this case, time-space means time. When Ra uses the words time and space, they may use them uh, in two ways normally. One is um, as indicating aspects of third density, physical, non-physical, physical being space-time, non-physical being time-space. They also may use them uh, just in, in the pair, time and space as a pair, paired words, P-A-I-R-E-D, uh, to indicate time or space. <laughs> so they say at the time, they choose the time of their leaving. When they say the time space of their leaving means choose the time of their leaving. Uh, but they're just using the word space paired to the word time because time and space are really two they're, they're two sides of the same, just like love, wisdom, actually, are, or self, other self. So these shepherds, the elder race, they will choose the time, time, space of their leaving. They're unlikely to leave until their other selves are harvestable also. What other selves? 
And Ra says, the other selves with whom these beings are concerned are those which did not attain harvest during the second major cycle, which is not a large population, because that's 25,000 years ago. However, if they're still here, which I think they are, uh, these this small group, but they're they're incarnating all over the planet. Actually, they're not in one, you know, enclave somewhere. Uh, they're also concerned with the humanity that hasn't yet harvested too, or humanity that's trying to graduate to 4D positive now. Uh, <clears throat> could you tell me just a small amount of the history of what you call the elder race? And Ross said the question's unclear. <laughs> It's not that unclear, it's just saying, tell us the history. Uh, and Ra says, uh, in 1518, the answer, Ra says, the question now resolves itself, for we have spoken previously of the manner of decision-making which caused these entities to remain here upon the closing of the second major cycle of your current master cycle. So the second major, uh, here we see terminology, uh, there are three major cycles in the 75,000-year master cycle. So the master cycle is 75,000 years. The major cycles are 25,000 years each. We're now at the end of the third major cycle, which is the end of the master cycle, which is the end of Earth's first third density cycle, or phase of human incarnation or inhabitation. Uh, there are some astro, you know, archaeological reports. There are some channelings, some spiritualist teachings that say, you know, there were humans on Earth millions of years ago. Uh, that may be so, but Ra doesn't allude to it. And from the raw material, the view is that the first um, experience of a settled human inhabitation on Earth began 75,000 years ago. In some other traditions, you'll see that they talked about Atlantis or Lemuria millions of years ago. I think those are um, distorted timings. Uh, it's a matter of, you know, who do you trust and uh, what do you think? But to me, uh, I'll go with Ra until I find something better. And their view pretty clearly is that before 75,000 years ago, there was no stable um, long-term human inhabitation of the planet. There may have been beings coming and going. That's different. And there may be fossil records of human-related bodies, bones, more than 75,000 years ago, of course. But Ra would probably indicate that that wasn't third-density life yet. It was late second-density, you know, animal or, or you know, gorilla, ape-level uh, beings who who evolved biologically to human, but that the first human cycle started 75,000 years ago. That's just important. So they, uh, Ross spoke previously about how, the manner of their decision-making, <clears throat> how they decided to stay here upon the closing of the second major cycle of the current master cycle, meaning why they decided to stay 25,000 years ago. There are some description. There are some distortions <clears throat> in the descriptions of the one known as Michael, and that's because Don was asking about the uh, book "Road in the Sky" by George Hunt Williamson, who talked about the elder race. Uh, by the way, David Wilcock thinks that I am a reincarnation of George Hunt Williamson, although Mr. Hunt Williamson died before, uh, died after I was born. 
David has said in some talk, no, you know, Scott, he thinks that I'm the reincarnation of George Hunt Williamson, whose real name was Michelle something something. And actually, he looks a little like me, Mr. George Hunt Williamson, but um, we may have a soul link, but I don't know how I would be in his reincarnation. I don't think that's the case, actually, uh, because uh, he died after I was born. He died in the 80s, and I was born in 62. But uh, there may be some connection. So that's why Ross says there's some distortions in George in George Hunt Williamson's book about the elder race, and said, however, these distortions have primarily to do with the fact that these entities are not a social memory complex, meaning they haven't unified metaphysically, but rather a group of mind-body-spirit complexes dedicated to service. These entities work together, but are not completely unified. Thus, they not, do not completely see each other, do not completely see each the other's thoughts, feelings, and motives. However, their desire to serve is the fourth-dimensional type of desire, thus melding them into what you may call a brotherhood. And so we understand uh, here another description of what a social memory complex is. Social memory complex is a metaphysical unification of a soul group normally in begins in fourth density or 4d positive i'm not sure if negatives would be that way but <clears throat> they're certainly uh, unified in their seeking uh, social memory complex telepathic metaphysical unification only happens with a group that's all unified in their seeking meaning they're all positive or negative and that leads to or involves complete seeing of each other's thoughts, feelings, motives, meaning full mind transparency, one to the other and all to one and one to all. Uh, and that is a great boost. It's a kind of, you know, collective uh, group mind. And that creates an oversoul uh, of the collective mind and that strengthens their further group development and seeking. But Ross says, no, they weren't a social memory complex, but they uh, all had a fourth dimensional or fourth chakra, love-based desire to serve or desire. Uh, we can call them a brotherhood, but they're not really a social memory complex, as uh, uh, Williamson may have indicated. And Ross says, as to why they're called the Elder Race, 1519, we called them thusly to acquaint you, the questioner, with their identity as is understood by your mind complex distortion. So, uh, which means we're using the term the Elder Race because you already understand it because you've read the book. And um, it's not required, that's not their self name, you know. They don't say, we are the Elder Race. You see, that's the thing with with science fiction and some kind of modern channeling which reads like science fiction, there's a certain kind of pomposity to the the E.T., you know, the Aryan-looking, blonde, uh, Nordic, you know, proud E.T., I am the elder race, I am Thor from Lakadam. They're not like that. That's not, not the case. They have, they have a certain regal bearing. Um, but they, they don't have any pride or pomposity or arrogance or puffed-up sense of self at all. 
and they have no identification with their title or position of responsibility in the group. So there's a lot of human overlay <clears throat> in science fiction and in uh, kind of uh, naive channeling, you know, like Ashtar Command, giving them, I am Ashtar of the blah, 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 the sector of this and blah, blah, blah. They're not like that at all. They're not. They're more like, um, you know, great masters of a temple, the abbot of a temple uh, in Buddhism. Um, they have a certain kind of bearing that is surely noble, um, but it isn't um, identified with their body or their title or their position. And so there's a great transparency of self. 1520, and then we'll take some questions after this. Uh, are there any wanderers with this elder race or not? And this is um, this was a point of contention on bring forth some people arguing about this, as some people there like to argue. Uh, Ra says these are planetary entities harvested, wanderers only in the sense that they chose in fourth density love to immediately reincarnate in third density rather than proceeding towards fourth density. This causes them to be wanderers of a type, wanderers who have never left the earth plane because of their free will, rather than because of their vibrational level. Now, are they wanderers or not? And so some people on Bring Forth argue with each other on the forum in a very funny way, uh, saying, yes, they are, no, they're not. And uh, I think, obviously, they are. <laughs> if we understand logic and grammar, and the English language, uh, Ra says they are wanderers only in the sense that they chose in fourth density love, meaning in love. They chose to immediately reincarnate in 3D, meaning to stay. To stay means they died, like everybody dies physically, and after their death they reincarnated and came back here and continued in the 3D cycle of incarnations. So, by love, these are planetary entities that could be considered harvested. They, so these are planetary entities harvested. So because each individual of the group was harvestable, and a harvest does occur every 25,000 years, you see. That's the interesting thing. The planetary dimensional shift now, which is the end of the master cycle, 75,000 years, this time now, the end of the 75,000 year first cycle, first master cycle of 3D inhabitation of planet Earth, is a harvest. Uh, it's a harvest and a dimensional shift. 25,000 years ago and 50,000 years ago, there also were harvesting or harvest times. These were harvest times without dimensional shift because... The shift doesn't happen then, it happens at the end of 75,000 years. But there are harvest times uh, every 25,000 years at the end of those major cycles. So they're considered planetary entities who have harvested. However, they chose to come back or to stay. Uh, immediately reincarnate in 3D rather than proceeding towards fourth density, 4D positive, where harvestable entities normally go. 3D goes to 4D. 3D positive, go, you know, entities that are positive go to 4D positive. But they are considered, are they wanderers? They're wanderers 
only in the sense that they chose to come back or stay, but that means they're wanderers. Yes, they're wanderers in the sense that they chose to stay, but they're wanderers only in one sense. That's not the same as saying they're not wanderers. If Ra said, if Ra meant they're not wanderers, Ra would say they're not wanderers. Okay? Twice, twice in this reply for the bring forth argument, arguing community. Twice, Ra says they are wanderers. They're wanderers A, only, or they're wanderers A, in the sense that they chose to stay. They're harvestable, and they're wanderers, but they're wanderers only in a sense that they decided to come back or stay. And they're wanderers B, of a type, who have never left the earth plane. So they're wanderers, yes, of a certain type. So it's just semantic. What does wanderer mean? Well, it means somebody who's of a higher dimension. Yeah, well, you can either be uh, like these beings who uh, were harvestable, who were um, a, are qualified to be in 4D positive, and decided not to go, but to stay. And they're wanderers of the type who haven't left the earth plane because of their free will, uh, rather than because of their vibrational level. So most of the other wanderers, I mean, the vast majority, I mean, these are the only type of wanderers who didn't go to another planet and come back, or go to another planet and choose to come here for a time. These are wanderers in the sense that they graduated, they're harvestable, they're of the vibration or quality of 4D, but they chose not to go but to stay. Other wanderers, which is, you know, everyone else, whether they're fourth density or fifth density or sixth density origin, all the other wanderers are those who um, uh, who have already left the Earth plane or are not, who are from other dimensional, uh, higher dimensional groups in other solar systems normally. Ra's from Venus, and Venus is sixth density now, but most of the other wanderers uh, are from other higher dimensional planets of other solar systems. And therefore, the other, everyone else, all the other wanderers of those three levels uh, have left and now come here, uh, have, you know, been outside the Earth plane or the Earth system because of their vibrational level. Uh, of course, also because of their free will. So, yes, obviously, the elder race could be considered wanderers of a type in the sense that they chose to uh, come back or stay instead of go, and because they are the type of wanderers who never left the earth plane. So it's just semantic. Why do you want to use the term wanderer? But wanderer basically then is <clears throat> a higher dimensional consciousness being or soul, whether they have spent time on other on other planetary systems or not, they are of a higher dimensional development, a higher dimensional, higher chakra activation. Whether they are from uh, another solar system or another planet, which is normal, or uh, like the elder race, they never left, but they surely are qualified. And that completes the uh, discussion of the elder race. <clears throat> So let's take questions here. Um, I would say, like any other wanderer, um, they run the risk of um, depolarizing 
and creating um, significant negative karma whereby they would not be able to leave at planetary dimensional shift. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's like <clears throat> it's, it's like a, a student who graduates, you know, high school and they go to college. And in college, uh, where they no longer need to be in high school, they take up drinking <laughs> and they get into um, alcoholism and they get so damaged by their drinking and their carousing that they forgot what they learned in high school. Therefore, they have to take remedial courses or go back to high school until they can relearn what they forgot or the development that they brought to college that was uh, dissolved by their dissolute behavior. So that can be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Ra indicated that the fourth density double-bodied condition of uh, fourth density wanderers, meaning 4D positive souls, goals coming from 4D positive now, they did indicate that that was a more recent phenomenon, that the double-bodied situation. So uh, I don't know. Ra certainly didn't say that this elder race are double-bodied. My sense is that they wouldn't be um, because it's a more recent thing that 4D uh, wanderers come in with the double body activation. And I think that um, this elder race is really like... Uh, they're really... Even though they're only 4D positive activated or 4D positive harvestable, there, there's a certain kind of deep spiritual maturity in them because they remain um, through multiple incarnations <clears throat> with, with a certain kind of uh, purity. Uh, Ra said that they had, were living 900 years at that time. And so that they, 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 there's a certain kind of purity in their group and that there is something that, that is held and not losable, I believe, in terms of their spirit complex development uh, by the harvestability, that great purity 25,000 years ago. So I don't think they're double-bodied, but uh, I think that they, they carry a certain quality <clears throat> of, of sanctity that is not common to either fourth density or sixth density wanderers. And actually... <laughs> Uh, if you want to see somebody, uh, Ra had said, Francis of Assisi and uh, Teresa, not Mother Teresa, some other Teresa, uh, as some of the Catholic saints of the ages being uh, of this elder race. This is another person, I think, <clears throat> who actually is one of them. His name is Eugene Debs who was a labor political leader, five-time Socialist Party candidate, <clears throat> and although, you know, uh, he was a socialist, which uh, I am not, I don't believe in all these systems, and I can't agree with everything he said, uh, there, there is a certain purity in him that, uh, that I think is impressive. So, <clears throat> uh, there's a lot, you know, there, there's some things that he said that are um, amazingly profound 
and he said, and just briefly, he said one on this Wikipedia wiki quote page, the most barbarous fact in all Christendom is the labor market. The mere term labor market sufficiently expresses the animalism of commercial civilization. Civilization <clears throat> being commercialistic, commercial, all about commerce and money and buying and selling. And that was considered animalistic or an animalism, treating people like animals. That's exactly the way Orion treats 3D. That's exactly the way the elite treat the non-elite. That's exactly what happens in negative ET contact. And that's exactly how, you know, the term goy, goyim, that is used sometimes, which means cattle. And uh, the, <clears throat> the influence of mercantilism or the money system or the buying and selling system of planet Earth has in, is in many ways to make people, um, to treat them like animals. And that's actually really a, a profound metaphysical insight, I think. It doesn't mean everybody is the same and everybody's bad and everybody's thinking that way. But that's, in effect, what's happening. So anyway, my, my intuition is that Mr. Debs was a member, is a member of that elder race. It doesn't mean everything he says is perfect or I agree. I don't know everything, but uh, that's my sense. And you can look at some of the quotes of his um, and see what you think. Um, now we have some questions about cosmology. And uh, this is back to uh, the matter of um, the formation of the octave, the process whereby infinity, becoming aware, uh, and therefore being intelligent infinity, uh, recognizes the concept of finity, non-infinity, and by its own infinite will, or freedom will, free will, and infinite love, which is in fact actually its free will. The freedom portion of free will, or the free portion of free will, is love. You know, it's, it's infinite love that gives will, or infinite will, its freedom to be free will. By the interplay of love and free will, or the action of free will upon love, I said, we have the origin of light, the logos, light love, the octaves, the galaxies, the stars, the planets, the seven-dimensional octaves of solar systems, planets, suns, galaxies, and all beings therein, is uh, the re result of the action of free will upon love, or the action of infinite love will interplay <clears throat> the result of infinity becoming aware of itself and aware of the concept of finity or limitation, non-infinity, and the potential <clears throat> of infinity to have an experience of itself in what's considered or perceived as finity or limitation. The concept of light, the concept of finity, these are concepts. All creation is, uh, a con is the outplay or playing out of concepts in the mind of the infinite. And so <clears throat> uh, 
Uh, <laughs> that's the high level. And now we'll get down a little bit from that. 1521, Don asks, Well, in yesterday's material you stated, we offer the law of one, the solving of paradoxes. This is, again, six-dimensional unified self-consciousness, the law of one. In yesterday's material you stated, quote, we offer the law of one, the solving of paradoxes. You also mentioned earlier that the first paradox, or first distortion, was the distortion of free will. The law of free will is the first distortion. Could you tell me if there's a sequence? Good question. Is there a first, second, third, fourth distortion of the law of one? And Ra said, only up to a short point. Only up to a very short point. Quote, <clears throat> after this point, the manyness of distortions are equal one to another. The first distortion, free will, finds focus. This is the second distortion, then, known to you as the logos, or creative principle, or love. The intelligent, this intelligent energy thus creates a distortion known as light. From these three distortions come many, many hierarchies of distortions, each having its own paradoxes to be synthesized, no one being more important than the other. And so, in, in Chinese Taoism, there's also some notion that uh, in the beginning is the way, which is the void, which cannot be spoken of, and that gives rise, um, that, that is the one, but before we can say the one, there's just the mysterium, or the void, or what cannot be spoken of, which can be seen as a one, that gives birth to the two, and that gives birth to, to a three, and then the 10,000 things. And this is very similar in that Ra is saying, we can say there's a first, second, third principle, but after that we can't. And so these three principles, or the three primary distortions, the Trinity, very much so, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, yes. Uh, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, yes. Same. The first distortion, the law of free will, um, is the focusing of infinity by its awareness, or the focusing of infinity by infinite awareness. <clears throat> and so the first distortion, free will, finds focus. It actually leads to the focus of um, the logos. Uh Free will is the condition of intelligent infinity or infinity itself. The focusing of by its own will, there's a self-focusing. And that focusing leads to the second distortion, which is the logos, the creative principle, or love. And so God is love, yeah. The creator, um, you see, before the creator is infinity. <laughs> infinity is prior to a creator because infinity just is. When infinity um, plays upon itself, developing awareness, there's a focusing. And that focusing can be called free will, and that focusing then leads to the creator, or a creator, or creators of galaxies and solar systems. And that's called logoi, the solar logoi, the galactic logoi. Logoi meaning plural of logos. Logos is the Greek term for word, in the beginning was the word, same as om, same as pranava in Sanskrit, om as the sacred word, pranava as the sound of om, omkar, actually, Nityananda said. Uh, 
that is actually the Logos, <clears throat> whose essence is infinite will uh, as the expression of infinity itself. So the second distortion, the principle of love, so we have free will, love, and light. The law of free will, the law of love, the law of light. And so the law of love is uh, the principle of Logos, or creator, and that uh, is the creative principle itself. Infinity is not a creative principle. Infinity is before the birth of a creative principle. <laughs> so, God is the creator. What created God? Who created God? How did God come to be? How did the creator of the Logoi, how did light come to be? How did the Logos come to be? How did a galaxy come to be? It came to be by <clears throat> the uh, focusing of uh, awareness and free will of infinity. The aware freedom will, the free will awareness of infinity itself focuses. And that leads to the birth of a creator. The birth of a creative principle, logos, light. Logos, which is really love, light. The essence uh, of uh, light is love. And so that's why Ra used the term love, light, light, love. And then but the light per se can be called the third principle, uh, which is um, the law of light. And so uh, the creator, or that which is the creative source of galaxy, of solar system, therefore of octave, seven-dimensional system of a solar system, and the multiple octaves of galaxies, the uh, creative principle source of that we may call logos, or word, which is vibratory infinity. Infinity, infinite power vibrating. And that's why it's associated with sound or tone or the word word. Logos, being word, sound vibrational complex, Ross says. Right? They use the term sound vibratory complex for our term word. So in the beginning was the sound vibratory complex. The sound vibratory complex is the principle of intelligent energy, one step down from intelligent infinity, which is itself a focalizing by will of infinity by awareness, by uh, infinity becoming aware, uh, or infinity becomes aware of itself by its action of will, by its own free will, infinity becomes aware of itself. That first activity um, or first um, wiggle, first vibration, or even pre-vibrational, but the first mind process, you know, infinite mind process of infinity itself, is self-awareness, <clears throat> which uh, occurs by free will. That focusing then leads to the birth of the creative principles, or the logoi, that make galaxies and stars and octaves by way of light. So intelligent energy, um, which is the Logos, whose nature is love, um, generates light. Let there be light. So let there be light is not the first step. Let there be light is the third step, if we want to talk about steps. And then Ross says, from these three distortions come many, many hierarchies or distortions each having its own paradoxes to be synthesized, no one being more important than the other. So there is a certain kind of equality 
of all vibration uh, that is of the nature of light love. The vibratory consciousness, vibratory or sentient vibratory nature of all things, of all things, whether it's uh, an ant or a human or human mind or human energy fields or spirit complex or Atman, higher self, or the angelic hierarchies or uh, the seven dimensions themselves. Uh, because they're all vibrating light love, uh, manifestation of the third principle, which comes from the second principle, or intelligent energy, or love, the love logos, which comes out of the will focusing of the infinite. infinite. Uh, all that is born of light has a certain uh, equality because it's all the same substance. And the substance is actually love, or love-light. And uh, that is understood in sixth density. So, uh, 1522, you also said that you offered the law of one, which is the balancing of love-light, light-love. Is there any difference between love-light and light-love? That's a great question. Ross said, well, it will be the final question of this time-space, meaning of this time of the session. And their answer is... Um, there is the same difference between love-light and light-love as there is between teach-learning and learn-teaching. <laughs> so, okay. And they say, love-light is the enabler, the power, the energy-giver. Light-love is a manifestation which occurs when light has been impressed with love. So Ra had said, the nature of energy, the, the nature of all energy is light, meaning what we perceive as different energy fields, the energy fields associated with the body, or radio waves, or gamma, gamma particles and all that, the origin or the uh, nature of that energy or any energy is light, and then the origin of that light, so the nature of energy is light, the, the nature of energy is light, and the origin of that light is the action of free will upon love. That's the same as saying uh, light love is the manifestation which occurs when light has been impressed with love. So the logos, the creative principle, which is intelligent energy, which is not uh, seven-dimensional. It's pre-octave, before an octave, before a galaxy. You have this creative principle, the logos or logoi. That then impresses um, itself. <laughs> Uh, with love. So when light has been impressed with love, we have light love. But actually all light, and therefore of course all energy or matter, is an expression of light love. Because the nature, you know, the origin of that light, or energy or matter, the origin is infinite love, intelligent energy, or the logos. So God really is love, the creator really is infinite love. But that creator is not the first um, step or stage in the, the genesis of all. The genesis of all begins with infinity. Uh, and then that infinity even takes awareness. Then that infinity deserves a, deserve, discerns an idea that there could be non-infinity, an experience of uh, itself, infinity, experiencing what appears and feels like not infinity. 
and then uh, by that focusing, by its own will, there is some desire to experience um, what non-infinity could be, and that gives birth. That that desire is the enabling. So love light is the enabler, the power, the energy giver. This again, energy is be, is before light. So. Ra has said that the second, the law, the second principle, the law of love, is the enabler, the enabling principle. So, by infinite power, and by infinity, with its infinite power, free will, wishing to experience itself as finity or non-infinity, wishing to experience itself more fully, which would be an experience of finity or limitation. Uh, by that desire, there is the enabling um, of the of the creation of light, the enabling uh, of a creation, of creative process. And so, all that is is uh, all that we see in the octaves is um, vibrating sentient love light, whose origin is infinite power, infinite love. Uh, and ultimately, infinity itself. And that's the transit out of the octave. And uh, that's it for the the, uh, co the topical questions here. There are other, a couple of questions here just about help, how to take care of Carla. And um, that's all we'll do for today. So these questions on cosmology are you know, really high philosophy uh, and uh, useful to the extent that we can, that we want to consider them. Uh, it's very much a fifth, sixth, seventh chakra play to uh, work with these concepts. They're all concepts. Concept is illusory in a sense. They're just naming activity. It's uh, not reality, but the naming of reality, um, you know, as well we as well as we can, which is not too well. Uh, but uh, by that activity of seeking to conceptualize and conceive of uh, totality and the process by which totality takes form, by which infinity, uh, you know, the the divine becomes flesh. <laughs> for infinity becomes uh, vibrating light and that generates energy and matter and form and body and time and space. Uh, the, the play in mind to consider this and understand this is very useful for 5th, 6th, 7th chakra activation and coordination. And, you know, uh, 20 years ago, <laughs> reading the raw material, I had no idea about this, and I didn't have much interest. Now, after reading raw material many times and teaching of it many times, uh, I think this is nice. Uh, and uh, you know, you gotta gotta go with what seems right when it seems right. Uh, and so, if this seems too strange or high or unimportant, um, that's fine. You know, don't don't spend too much time on it. The core teachings of Ra really are about healing and balance, the chakras, uh, 
um, working with Catalyst, um, moving, continuing on, on our path, and um, healing the lower, activating the higher, balancing the seven, um, releasing illusion and uh, unhelpful patterns, and um, allowing true nature to emerge, allowing Atman to emerge, and be here fully now. So, let's go. So next time we're going to go to session 16. Not today. <laughs> uh, session 16 is a long session. Really, really long. Session 16 is 62 questions. So you can see their energetics were very finely balanced at this point so early. And uh, many, many, many questions um, about many important topics. Quarantine, a lot about quarantine. More about Orion again. Harvest, something about Moses. Uh, more cosmology and astronomy. Uh, the Confederation, galaxy, all sorts of uh, particulars. So a lot about the densities, all about a lot about cosmology, astronomy, wanders, Orion. Uh, not much about balancing, but we'll get back to that stuff later. So uh, more about Earth and uh, higher dimensional ET relations, some things about history, and. Um, you know, getting a sense of uh, Earth and cosmic plan a little bit better. Um, if a person doesn't harvest now, and it's expected that the harvest would be low, or not many people would, the percentages we don't know, 5, 10, 15 percent maybe, I don't know, uh, the person would repeat their density. Now, well, when, mm -hmm. I, when I said gradual transformation, I didn't mean that, I, I'm not really talking about individual soul evolution, I was talking about um, planetary development and um, individual initiation or um, uh, the achievement of some great spiritual uh, gain for the individual. For the planet, uh, what we see is a gradual upgrading of the energy fields where it's increasingly a fourth density environment, meaning the vibration of love, fourth chakra, is stronger and stronger. That's not dimensional shift, but it's the uh, gradual preparation for it. Gradual leading to sudden. Dimensional shift, in my opinion, is a sudden affair, like quantum leap. You know, when you add energy to the electrons orbiting a nucleus or orbiting, you know, the center of an atom, they go faster and faster and faster, and then at some point they pop out to a higher orbital level. That pop-out is called quantum leap to a higher quanta, quantum uh, of energy activation uh, around the nucleus. I think that's the same for personal initiation. I think that's the same for planetary um, upgrade to dimensional shift. That's what I meant. Now, as to whether a repeating soul or a soul in 3D has to stay at 75,000 years, that's not the case. Uh, there are two ways for a soul to harvest, or two timings. One is, if they contact intelligent infinity by their own spiritual efforts during 
<clears throat> at any time in this in the master cycle meaning if you uh, do hardcore you know mystic meditation like Buddhist meditation Hindu many traditions <clears throat> and have a contact with totality which would be experienced as bliss unity no self joy uh, uh, experience of great wholeness beyond words, the ineffable, that is considered contact with intelligent infinity. The person can harvest right after that, anytime. Normally they would live out their lifetime and then on the astral with higher self decide whether they want to stay or leave. But they're qualified to graduate to fourth density after such an experience. If not, then there are these three harvesting times in the master cycle which is the end of each major cycle, end of each 25,000 years. So there are three, after 25,000, after then another 25,000, and then at the end of the 75,000, at dimensional shift. Then at any of those times, an entity that is harvestable, even without that kind of contact with intelligent infinity, can graduate. Okay? So it's not like the soul has to stay 75,000 and... If you're a wanderer, this is your last time here in 3D anyway, unless you wish to have more fun and stay. Ross said that there are three levels of self in the seven-dimensional system or the octave. The first level is what's evolving as a soul, which we call... Ra doesn't use the word soul, but I do. What What's evolving that I call a soul uh, from the human level to higher self is called mind-body-spirit complex. Mind-body-spirit complex uh, has an outer and inner aspects. There is um, the consciousness of mind-body-spirit complex that is the conscious mind, the awareness we have in the body right now. Then there's a greater consciousness that we have in time-space, in the astral plane or in a higher dimension, as mind-body-spirit complex. It's not a second self, it's an expansion of the total self from the conscious self. So there's the conscious mind in 3D physical in our body. That's uh, the self we know. The greater self begins with the um, mind in time-space, which is available to you now. But we have to open the channels. That's what meditation does. Or intuition is a kind of um, knowing a self-knowing or a knowing of the greater self from time-space that comes into space-time or the conscious mind. That's not a second self, that's just an expansion of mind-body-spirit conscious, mind-body-spirit complex consciousness. <clears throat> and then there's a higher self. That's the second greater level, which is in sixth density, which is your own private master, which is your own true being. Then there is the, source, the, the resource or the teacher of higher self, which is the seventh density self, which is called mind, body, spirit, beingness, which is six, totality, seven, complex. So the total self of seven-dimensional life is mind, body, spirit, beingness, totality, complex. Well, it's, it is one. The, the seven-dimensional self is one. It's a question of to what extent can we access the totality, its totality. So mm -hmm. higher self can access 
or is you know it's it you can think of um three concentric spheres three spheres there's the smallest sphere and a middle and a greatest the greatest is the seventh density self which is aware of the smallest which is mind body spirit complex it's aware of the beingness complex or higher self and it's aware of the seven dimensional totality so that's uh, the biggest sphere within that is two smaller spheres one is higher self which is aware of its own life in sixth density as well as the evolving mind body spirit complex the smallest is us or our sense of ourselves now which can be seen in space time and time space both which are different so we have a third dimensionally activated mind body spirit complex that third dimensional activation has a, a certain limited consciousness now here in the body and a greater consciousness out of body on the astral which is 3d time space but that 3d mind body spirit complex both in physical and non-physical is still below or smaller in it is more confined in its awareness than that of higher self which is less than its seventh density um, teacher and so they're all one that's one being the question is to what extent you know is is are you are we aware of its totality so by med <laughs> by meditation we can become one with higher self or higher self can emerge <clears throat> and by uh, advanced meditation one could actually become the octave like a, a, a Buddha like Nityananda okay yeah I can talk a couple of minutes on 1525 uh, so 1525 is the last question of session 15 and Don was just asking um, is it possible for you to tell us anything about what since we're wanderers anything about our previous density which density we came from and um, Ra says, I scan each and find it acceptable to share this information, meaning there's no infringement. Uh, basically because uh, they sense it or they know it, and it doesn't interrupt their learning process. And so Ra says, the wanderers in this working are of two densities. One, the density of five, that is, of light, meaning fifth density. And one, the other density, the density of love, light, or unity. To express the identity of which came from which density we observe to be infringement upon the free will of each meaning they're not going to say which of the group is from which density therefore we state simply the two densities both of which are harmoniously oriented towards work together uh, my sense is that Don and Carla are of sixth density and Jim is of fifth density my sense is Ra had said at some point that two of the group or I think they actually said Don and Carla were one from time immemorial or have been one in a from a timeless time or something like that meaning that they are of the density of uh, unity sixth density or that's my my um, interpretation and that they Ra had said something that they had um, incarnated together with the plan to do this work. They, I don't know if they said that directly, but it's clear to me uh, from what Ra said. They incarnated together to do this work. They're both of sixth density. 
And they chose before the incarnation that one would manifest wisdom and the other would manifest love. Meaning one would manifest wisdom over love, Don. The other would manifest love over wisdom, Carla. And by that, they would um, be very well suited. And what I see in the group of three, L&L, Don, Carla, Jim, is a very excellent blending of the three principles. Will, love, and light. Um, Don very much manifests mind or light and a clarity of wisdom. Uh, Carla very much manifests the principle of love. I mean, if you see pictures of her in the early book, of the um, you know her the channeling done in the eighties with Ra, she really is uh, angelic and cherubic. I mean, a really beautiful, real beauty coming out of her face. Um, in those photographs at that time, very pure to me manifestation of love. And Jim very much is manifests will and strength. Uh, he was he's very um, self-sufficient and um, very strong will. And so you've got mind, love, and will, will, love, and light, and the blending of sixth density pair of love and wisdom. And a fifth density, um, you know, uh, adept, Jim, near adept of will, uh, is, a, is a very harmonious triad. And they clearly, in my view, incarnated to do this work. And um, they did it just fine, perfectly. I mean, 108, 106 sessions have an enormous body of teaching and uh, learning available. And very, very few people actually have um, really used the raw material, the Law of One books, uh, as fully as they could be. That's my contribution, is to help people use it more fully, as I have, personally. So, uh, so we're all on the same team, for sure. Anything else you want to ask about that? Yes, yes. Oh, it's a, it's, I mean, to get such a uh, narrow band, absolutely undistorted uh, transmission from 6th density to 3D physical uh, takes uh, a, a very high, um, high degree of harmonization or crystallization. And Ra had said in session 64, I'm looking at the quote now, they said, this contact is narrow band and its preconditions precise. So the union of those three wanderers is uh, the basis of those precise preconditions. And then their last comment is, you deal in this contact <clears throat> with forces of great intensity poured into a vessel as delicate as a snowflake and as crystalline. So delicate, wow. as delicate as a snowflake and as crystalline. I mean, it's very nice language. Uh, extremely delicate, extremely finely tuned with uh, forces of great intensity. So sixth density is both very, very fine because it's, you know, the opposite of third density, which is coarse and rough, right? Like bung bung on the table, bung bung bung, uh, this kind of rough, <laughs> crude, um, blunt uh, phenomena or perception, 
uh, versus very, very fine, subtle sensing, knowing, and, and the conceptualization of sixth density. Uh, that's one way of looking at it. The other way is power, voltage, voltage, high voltage coming through her mind. And it took a toll on her physically, and it took a toll on the group and led to its, you know, early ending. Uh, great intensity, forces of great intensity, uh, whose nature is extremely fine and subtle. So this was a very special thing, this contact. I mean, you know, I've read a lot, and I've seen a lot of teachers, and I've um, had a lot of paranormal experience. And as I've said many times, I think this is the finest transmission of uh, teaching from higher dimensions uh, on Earth, or at least in the English language. There are teachers who are higher, like Gautama and Nityananda. These guys are eighth density, actually. <clears throat> and um, I strongly recommend looking into their, their work. But uh, in terms of a transmission from higher self level, this is the finest that I've ever seen on Earth. There may be some out of the English language, but um, in English, on Earth, this is about as good as it gets. <clears throat> Again, there are sources that, are, that I would consider of uh, logoic level, like uh, Shakyamuni, you know, Siddhartha Gautama, uh, Gautama, the Buddha in India, and Nityananda of of India, but um, they're it's less they're less uh, they're they're different. <laughs> this is a little bit more usable for most people than those transmissions, those fellows. <laughs> so that's all. That'll be it for tonight. So thank you. Um, so thanks for being here today, everyone, and um, see you next time. And good night. Okay, bye-bye.